what I do at the end of a workshop is I say, does anybody have an impossible dream? And when they stand up and tell their impossible dream, I don't answer it. I usually say, does anybody have any ideas? Because I want to show them who's available, who's in the audience. The first time I did this, I was in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, and I was doing a workshop for a, a hospital, actually. They invited the community in. It was um, some kind of woman's day thing, so it was mostly women in the audience. And I said, who's got an impossible dream? And this woman said, I said, what's your dream? She said, I want to dance with Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I heard some quiet voice say, yeah, you and every other woman, whoever they are. <laughs> and uh, I was about to say, okay, what's the obstacle? Because I always say break it into a wish and an obstacle. I was about to say something when a woman two seats away started waving her hand, stood up, waving her hand. I said, what? She said, Patrick Swayze's mother has a resort 30 miles from here. I work there on the weekends. I have danced with Patrick Swayze. He's coming on Wednesday. You can come with me. <laughs> I do a workshop, it never fails. I never know what's going to happen. I go for the most impossible dream. I ask the room what's going to happen. I had one, one woman, very odd looking little woman in New York. She raised her hand. She said, I need a chimp. <laughs> it's a chimpanzee. She said, yeah. I said, what's the obstacle? She said, they got too expensive. She said, see, I used to sell gifts in corporations, and I would show up at noon, and I would walk down the hallways with my gift baskets, and I would have this chimp with me, so everybody would run out, and they'd buy my gifts. Well, that chimp used to cost 100 bucks, you know, and in a given day, I make two or 300 bucks. She said, well, now there's 600 bucks. I can't do it anymore. I'm out of business. I said, oh, does anybody, and someone raised their hand in the back and said, uh, I think we can get you one for cheaper than that. What? She said, I said, we're talking about chimpanzee. She said, I know, I rent them. <laughs> it happens over and over and over again. So I started thinking, this is so cool. This is the solution. This is where we're going to find everything. People don't have to sit in some town somewhere with this gift and not know anybody who knows anything about it. I can figure out a way even, you know, first if they come to my workshops, I've got them. Okay, they understand. But there have got to be other ways. And I started inventing all the ways you can have an idea party. First is to, like, invite ten people to your house. Here's how you do that. You find three friends who aren't negative. Who go... <laughs> Not the kind you go, I don't know, you can't really do that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's so much already. Well, you try, what about those other stuff you tried to do and never finished? <laughs> Invite three kind of perky friends and say, I'm going to have an idea party. Invite two or three people you know who, like, aren't enraged, depressed, or hateful in any way. <laughs> and bring food. It's potluck. This is utterly essential. I don't really say so. No, I'll tell you why. I don't want any of this like competitive cooking. You clean your house, you have your strawberry torch that took you a week to make. No, none of that. Not just because I'm sort of against that in principle, but 
because there's a very good reason for it. Here's what you do. You say a potluck, it doesn't matter what people bring. Everybody can bring the same thing. But you invite these people, hopefully 10 or 12 people, and the first person who comes to the door, you answer the door and you go, oh, thank, listen, I'm on a long-distance call from South America. Would you let the other people in? And you disappear for a half hour. And if you let them answer the door, they meet each other, they have to go in your kitchen to put the food out, they start looking at your pots and pans, and they're already, not only is that an icebreaker, but they're in problem-solving mode by the time you come out. You come out, you apologize, and you say, oh, everybody, I'm so sorry. Okay, let's have our idea party. Now, if you invite somebody to an idea party, they always say yes. No one knows what an idea party is. They don't care. They want to come. <laughs> you would. If I said, will you come to an idea party, you go, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> And then you sit down and you say the magic sentence. This sentence is a magical sentence. And you say, I always wanted to um, sail around the world, but I just don't have the time or the money. If you say that, here's my wish and here's my obstacle, and you just be quiet, somebody will have to come up with an answer or they'll die. They can't stand it. <laughs> give them a wish and an obstacle. We are problem-solving animals. We can't stand that. And they will come up with an answer. So if you had said, I'd like to sail around the world, don't have any money, somebody would say, if you were in an idea party, what are your resources? What do you got going? And if you say, mm, nothing much, I'm a I'm a sort of a chef, and I, uh, I also am a photographer. Well, I'm not a very good photographer. I know some pop tunes, right? And somebody will say, which happened, somebody will say, I know somebody who walked up, who was a chef, and went down to sailboats on the dock and hung around until she saw somebody who was going somewhere she wanted to go and said, do you need a chef on your crew? And she would get on and she would sail all around the world, get off and say goodbye, and then she would hang out there for a while. So, you know, there are ways. Everybody you know knows things you can use. But then we get to the Internet. If you think, if you're still one of those people who thinks the internet is a kind of a cold place, oh, my friends, it's the warmest. It has warmed up the planet. If you're someone who likes gecko lizards and everybody else thinks you are just a creep <laughs> and you go on the internet, you will find everybody on the planet who loves gecko lizards and they will be your friends. I once, uh, I, I'm interested a little bit in the Silk Road. It's an ancient trade route from China right through to uh, Istanbul. I, just, I signed up, said, do you want to be on our mailing list? I thought I would get some newsletters in the mail, so I signed up. And I found out this was not a mailing list. This was what's called a list serve. What happened was somebody would ask, oh, there were about two or 3,000 people on this list. And someone would ask a question, like, um, I would like to come over the uh, Kunjurab Pass in October, but I don't know if it's open, right? That's a pass on the road. And it would come into my mailbox. And then about a few hours later, I would see an answer, which would also, you can't get through the Kundrab Pass in October, why don't you try the Torah Gut? And I think, geez, this is a good place to get a question. So answer. So I wrote, I always wanted to kind of go to Mongolia, you know, like Ulaanbaatar. But I don't like to be a tourist. I'd like to know somebody. And within a day or two, I got three personal invitations. And these people did not know my books. They did not know my name. They just said, why don't you come here? I'll be gone for the month of May. You can have my place. Or, you know, and someone else said, you can stay with me. I'd love to show somebody. It's really great, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is a listserv. But your people are out there. There are people who love what you love. There are people who want to answer your question. I have, there's something else called news groups. 
there are like so many of them it's a little confusing how to use them but um you just ask anybody and they'll tell you how to get on and what they are is just discussion groups on every subject in the world if you write down yorkies you know or you write down feet i mean any damn thing you write down there, you know, in the middle of the night when you think you're alone, the whole wild world is fast asleep, there's somebody in Japan or Australia or Kyrgyzstan or South America or Rio who wants to talk to you. No, not, not a bunch of weirdos like they're trying to protect you from. People who like what you like. So if you feel misunderstood and like the things you love the best, you know, everybody doesn't know what they are and everybody doesn't like them. That makes you a normal human being, normal original human being. The people you love and associate with aren't necessarily built like you. You've got to find your people. That's an idea party. Now, I have a 90-year-old mother. I got her computer last year. My 90-year-old mother is on that computer. She gets emails and she does something called instant messaging. I can't explain it. All I know is it's in real time and you type something and then people answer you. Well, three weeks ago, my mother was on instant messaging having a chat with one of my sons who was in Bali, with another son who lives in Athens, and his wife's about to have a baby, so they were talking about that, and with me in New York City and my mom in L.A. And we were popping it back and forth, and I said, Mom, I'm going to talk about you on the show. You know, because people say they can't do this, and you're doing it. I mean, my, my brother upstairs emails her instant messages or something. <laughs> Hi, I see you're on. Yeah, what are you having for dinner? I mean, it's just constant, <laughs> constant company, right? She said, okay, you can. Tell them I drive, too. She said, tell them I still smoke. I said, I don't know if I should. She said, just do it. I said, okay. It's about that high, but you just don't want to mess with my mother. There is no way that you can't find your people. And you have to find your people or your dream will die. That's where you get the ideas. Did you know, if you wanted to be a public speaker, I found out that there's a speaker's mart. You know what a merchandise mart is? I never heard of them. But some people know what they are. I found out when I worked for a very big insurance company, she said, yeah, I've got to run to Chicago to the speaker's mart. I said, what's that? She said, speakers get up and talk for each for five minutes and then you hire them for your big insurance company to come do motivational speaking. I said, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Did you know that you can coach anything? I know um, a guy who's an actor. He's, he does something else for a living. And he was a good actor, but he just wouldn't get up and perform. He had performance anxiety. He got a coach for performance anxiety. And he, they talk on the phone. And you can be a coach. You can be a coach if you work at home. And now he's performing. Talked right through it. Talked right through it. You can work at home by... If you want to work at home, you can bring kids in and take care of kids, or you can bring dogs in. I know a woman who has an aviary sanctuary in her basement. She was on my web radio show. Yes, you can have a web radio show. You can have one for free. Um, she was on my web radio show. I interviewed her to get her you know, some funding, and she just collects birds. Her parents are great. She said, I said, I'm kind of a dog person. Parents talk to you, they are so smart. And I heard her voice. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm okay. Parents are in. I hear you. You know, I hear you. She's got an aviary in her basement. She has a rescue place. People who want to do rescue things for animals always get the real estate myth going, I got to have 9,000 acres. Where will I get the money? You know, you don't always need 9,000 acres. So here's the, here's what you do when people give you an idea, and it isn't a good one, because this can happen. 
or you think it isn't a good let me explain if you're in an idea party and you say i have a wish and an obstacle somebody's going to give you an idea and whether it's good or not you're going to become obnoxious it's just the way we are you're going to get neurotic i can't do that i did that last year it didn't work i mean you even a politest kindest most gentle person just turns into this mean because you get scared and you think they're going to make you do it right well nobody can make you do anything and you've got to learn how to listen so what you have to do is every time you get an idea you have to do this very special thing you have to find something you love about it, even or like about it, even if it's a terrible idea. And then you have to deal with the bad part second. How do we fix it? I'll explain. When I first started uh, my little business many years ago, I said to a group of people, I need to get some advertising, and I don't have the money for advertising, and I've got this thing here, but nobody knows where I am, and I don't know how to get customers. And I said, give me your craziest ideas. And one of them that they came up with was, why don't you rent an airplane? I said, I don't have any money. I said, why don't you rent an airplane with a big long tail that says Barbara shares success teams, right? Call the uh, TV stations and tell them to be there at 5 o'clock and then jump out of the plane naked with your hair on fire. <laughs> and I said... I like the idea of doing something newsworthy and getting the TV stations there. What do we do about the problem of my death? <laughs> and so we came up with a way to get the TV stations to come to something that I would do without me having to, you know, kill myself. Okay, now, nothing beats knowing what you're doing. There is no attitude that beats a positive attitude, feeling worthy, feeling wonderful, loving yourself. That's all very nice, but it doesn't give you the telephone number, the location, or how people do it. It doesn't tell you that. You can't get that from meditating. You can't get that from being one with yourself. You can only get that from other human beings. That's the only place. And an idea party, which comes in so many forms, like I say, in person, on the telephone, uh, on the internet, comes in so many shapes and forms, at my workshops. That's what I call a poor man's research staff. They can't find anything for you, right? So supposing you get this great list of all these exciting ideas of things that you're gonna do, and you go, wow, and your H levels go up, you're happy. And then your A level shoots up and you start to pass out. <laughs> and you think, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'll, jeez, uh, I just realized I have to be in Dubuque. <laughs> What's going to keep you going? We've got all the steps here now. I've got you respecting what you love. I've got you knowing that these myths are myths and you have to look at them more carefully, right? And I've got you figuring out what you love and I've got you figuring out what you really love. And I've even got you figuring out where to get the information you need to turn that into something you can actually do. I can show you how to take the stuff you love, invent a job description, and turn it into a profession. Just with what you've learned so far, who's going to let you do it? Who's going to stop you? No one can stop you. You do what you want. Do it small. Don't take any risks. Don't mortgage your house. Don't quit your job. There's nothing. Nobody can stop you. And now with the internet, you can reach everybody. But what's going to keep you going? 
What's going to make you say, after, you know how they say about anything that you have to do. It's overwhelming, but you treat every big project like an elephant. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. It sounds good on paper, but that's not our nature. We think an elephant, that's so big, I have to get out of here, right? So what are we going to do about it? Well, that's what I'm going to tell you in the next segment. Because in the next segment, I have a technique that's a whopper. And that one's going to bring it home. After that, there will be no place you can escape. <laughs> you will know what you love, and you will do it. And you're going to send me a letter like I get all the time from people who say, Oh, my God, I'm doing what I love. I couldn't believe I didn't believe it could happen. Blah, blah, blah. Okay? So you want to hear about that thing? Yes. Okay, I'll see you back here in just a little while. Barbara's going to show you how to keep the momentum in your dream machine. How can this public television station bring you this and all the other programs your family uses and enjoys throughout the year? One plant at a time from individual viewers like you. Call now. Okay, this is the home stretch. Now I'm going to sock it home, okay? Okay. They always say that um, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's exhausting. <laughs> and everybody knows you can start out with the best intentions, but what keeps you going? What keeps you going? Especially when you get scared. Right? And you're going to get scared. You're a normal human being. You get excited, you're going to get scared. It's something you got that I call, well, there's a number of ways to do it. It's an accountability setup. It's structure and support. Somebody said to me, you know, I'd like to be a writer, but I sabotage myself. I said, uh, how do you sabotage yourself? Because I'll tell you something, very few people sabotage themselves. It's everybody's favorite slogan, but it doesn't happen often. She said, well, I should write, but I don't. I think about my stories, I don't sit down and write. I said, nobody does. Neither do I. The only time I write is when they gave me an advance and I've already spent it. <laughs> you want to write? Take a class. You'll turn in an assignment every week. You want to go looking for a job but you just can't get out of the house because it's so depressing because there are no jobs? Get a coach. They'll meet with you on the phone every week. Nothing beats having to show up. Years ago, I invented something called the success team, and I am just so proud of it. It's basically a group of about five or six people, and they get together usually once a week, and their only goal is to make sure that everybody in that group gets whatever they want. That's all. Whatever they want. Not what they ought to want. Whatever they want. Right? If they, like, um, want to marry for money, say, okay, where's the people who have the money, and how can you marry them? That's their only problem. That's how they do it. <laughs> When you get into a success team, what happens is you all love each other and then everybody makes a promise. Okay, here's what I really would love to do. Here's the part I really like. Next week, okay, why don't you do this and that to give you ideas like a little idea party. And then you say, okay, you make a promise. You say next week, I'm going to bring in a chapter or next week I'm going to have talked to this person or I'm going to have done this thing. And you walk out and you think, 
I'm not gonna do that. And you get scared, but they know where you live because you were foolish and you let them. You come back the next week, like say, say you said to somebody, I, I think I'd, I'd love to be in radio broadcast, like a, a TV. I'd like my own TV talk show. And they go, oh, I've got a cousin who works at the station on this big talk show, and here's his name, call him. And you walk out thinking, I'd rather blow my brains out than call him. <laughs> He's going to say, who are you? It's going to be terrible. So you don't call, and you come into the next meeting, and everybody in the team, they want you to make it. Don't ask me why. It never fails. And they go, what happened? And they look all excited, and you say, you know the pig caught the measles, and we had this... <laughs> blood and stuff and this light goes out of their eyes they don't even know it and they feel like oh we can't make her do it and you say look i really am sorry and they cover for you i mean it's pathetic they go oh, no it's not your fault with the pig and measles who can blame you for <laughs> and um next week you call that cousin you call that cousin even if you think you're going to get humiliated you call that cousin you go to that station you check it over you come back in because you cannot stand the way they look and you'll walk in the next time and they'll go hi and you'll go well i went to the station and they'll light up again like kids at christmas you every week you will take a step you wouldn't have taken otherwise every week why shame <laughs> I don't give a damn because they will get you someplace you could never get by yourself because that's the way humans are. That's the way you're supposed to do it. And that's an accountability team. You can do it with a buddy. You can do it by yourself. Just a couple of final things I want to say. You get that team right. Number one, you take your wildest dream very seriously. Number two, just because you don't know how to do something doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Do it anyway. You're not supposed to know how. Okay? Number three, I want you to understand that you have to do what you love, that you have to find out what you love with age levels, that you have to find out the part you're really crazy about, that you have to get together with a group of people to help you figure out how to do it. That is incredibly important. And that's everything. You do that, and then you get in a team, and they know where you live, and they won't let you get away. They'll drive you nuts. That's everything, from beginning to end, soup to nuts. You do what I told you today, and there is no way you won't find what you love. And there's no, no way you won't do it. And you're supposed to do it. There's an author named Ursula Le Guin, and she had the greatest quote. I can't remember it exactly, but she said, Don't ask what is the meaning of life. Life is not an answer. It's a question. You're the answer. What you do with those gifts inside of you will determine whether life was a good experiment or not. So that's what I had to tell you today. That's why I wanted you to come. You got my message. You will find what you love. You are an original. It isn't easy to find it. You can use these tools. They'll work. You can't do it alone. You've got to do it. And you need an accountability group or team or buddy system of some kind or a class at the end. Okay? That's the whole thing. You can unlock the doors. <laughs> and I want to tell you that I've been looking at your faces and I know who you are. I mean, I know who you can be. More than you do. Because I've been doing this a long time. I know who I'm looking at. You get out there and if you want to sing, you sing. And if you want to dance, you dance. And you find a way to do it and get all the help you need. Don't let me hear you didn't do that. Because I'll track you down. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.